Hey everyone, and thank you for checking out this message today. I'm Reed Robinette, I'm the senior pastor at Crossroads Church in Maryland, and we hope this message encourages you and challenges you. We believe that everybody has a next step of faith to take, and I hope this message helps you take yours. Enjoy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Let's keep the main thing as the main thing. One name, one life, one church, one more. Again, Crossroads, and I am so glad that you are here. Um, that was a great worship set. If you are joining us online, I hope that the Lord met you wherever you are in your living room or uh, wherever you happen to be. But we had a great time here in, in worship, and I am excited to lead into the third week of what we're calling the One Journey. Now, if this is your first week, we need to catch you up. And any journey that you didn't uh, jump on the train at the beginning, we got to make sure everybody's on the train. And so here's the what and the why um, behind the one journey. What is it? It's an all-church discipleship experience. Uh, that's what we're doing on this journey together. And the why is because after 20 years of being a church, we're going to lead our congregation, all of us, into the next generation. 20 years is a generation. And I've told the story that 20 years ago, we had no idea any of this was going to happen. My goodness. And so if I stopped and I said, hey, do you know what's going to happen in the next 20 years at our church? You should all go, no, Reed, I have no idea what's going to happen. And you'd be right if you said that, because we don't have any idea what God's going to do in and through us and maybe to us over the, the next 20 years. But here's what we this one journey is about, is being prepared, is to prepare our hearts to be able to follow God wherever God leads. It's a renewing of our vision, not a new vision, but a renewing of our vision of who we are and what's important. If we get that right, then whatever God calls us to, we'll follow him. And, and our church will be one that is uh, pleasing to God. But if we get that wrong, um, then it kind of doesn't matter uh, what the next steps are. So that's why um, we've been giving out these guidebooks. Every journey needs a, a guidebook, right? And so if you don't have one of these and you would like one, you can raise your hand. Our ushers will, <coughs> oh, goodness gracious, chokes me up. Uh, come down, seriously, uh, you can raise your hand. And the first page inside is uh, this scripture from Deuteronomy chapter six. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And 
This prayer in Deuteronomy was not the first time that the people of Israel had heard this command. It was a reminder of something that they had already heard. And that's what we're doing. We're reminding ourselves of who we are and what's important as a church, just like God did back then. And it's a journey. It's not a one and done. And so we want everybody to take one of these and to take it home. And each week, there are reflection questions, there's prayers, there's other scripture for you to read, because the most important thing in this journey is that you are on it, (laughs) that you experience it with the Lord, you. I can't do that for you. I can invite you and set it up, and we give you a guidebook and and all that, but I want you to experience it. A couple of weeks ago, I said, that I had climbed this, uh, this hike and in the Yosemite National Park called the Mist Trail. And I could stand here and for the next 20 minutes explain to you everything about the Mist Trail hike, but you still would not know about it <laughs> because you didn't go. So I don't want us to get to the end of the one journey and for you to know a lot about it, but to not have experienced it to not have gone on the journey. And so only you can make that decision to to don't miss out on what God is doing in us and through us and and to us. So the one journey is about a bunch of ones. (laughs) And we did the first one last week. And the first one was the one name. The one name that's above every other name, the one name upon which everyone will be saved. The one name is, it wasn't a trick question. So, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know what's, read. No, that's not the one name, you know, definitely not the one name. The one name is Jesus. And, and so we talked about this last week. It, you can go back and, and watch that or get the podcast of last week's message And it is the only first step in the journey is to say that this church, in fact, every church, but this church belongs to and is here for Jesus Christ. That's it. It belongs to him. He's the leader of it. And everything that we do is by and for him. There's one name that the whole journey starts with. And you can't skip that step. If you skip that step, it almost doesn't matter what other steps you take. You won't end up in the right place. We have to start. The first one is the one name, and the name is Jesus. Now, today, we're we're going to go to the second one, because after the one name, if you had your little booklet, you would read ahead, and you'd already know this, see, uh, is one life, because the one name Jesus changes the one life. See, that's confusing. You're like, I'm not sure which life that is. Yours. It's your life that Jesus changes. And it starts there. Jesus changes one life, one life at a time. And that's really the gospel. The one name, Jesus, changing the one life, yours. That's it. In its simplest form, that's what the church is. It's a bunch of people who have been changed 
by the one name. And we get together. And that is the, the gospel. And so today, what I want to do is I want to talk about the gospel a little bit. And I want to talk about the one life, yours, that it has changed and maybe is continuing to change. And then I want to challenge you to take a step. I'm going to call you to an action step today. The one journey has two initiatives. And the first one, we're going to start today. So we're going to use, uh, as we are through the rest of the journey, the book of Colossians in the scripture as our roadmap. Every journey, you need a map that doesn't change, right? Something that is the same every time you go back to it. Imagine having a map, and every time you went to it, the roads were in different places. (laughs) That'd be really (laughs) not a great map, right? So that's why we use the scripture as our map on this journey. And so we're looking at the book of Colossians, a letter written by the apostle Paul, to this church in Colossae. And so I'm going to read um, today from chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. Uh, Last week we read verses 15 to 20 and talked about the one name. And today I want to read verses 3 through 12, and we're going to talk about one life. Let's look at it together. Verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope that's stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing in you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who's a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge, the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Amen to that. Right. And some of you are like, wow, that's a prayer there. I wish the apostle Paul was our pastor because man, that, (laughs) right. I wish somebody was praying that for me, me too. Oh my word. And and what I want to make sure that you see is the centrality of the gospel uh, that, that Paul talks about here and the effect one life at a time. And then the heart of a pastor for that pattern to continue. Um, It's all in in these verses. It it starts with the gospel. Look at at verses 5 and 6. It says, um, you've heard about this hope stored up for you in heaven, and that you heard it in the message of the gospel. In the next verse, that gospel has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. This word gospel we use a lot 
in, in church world. And it simply means good news. Uh, the word euangelion is the Greek word from which we get the word gospel. And it was the word that described the person who came to give good news um, about, usually about the king. Either the king had won a battle or the king had been born. They would bring good tidings of great joy. And that was the gospel. It was the good news. And so can you see that in the first century, when the followers of Jesus were starting to create churches, create little gatherings around this movement, they said, we got some good news. (laughs) We have some news about a king that's better than any other news about any other king ever. (laughs) It's about a victory that's been won and the kingdom that's being established. And they called it the gospel. And the apostle Paul says, you heard it and it has changed you. And and, and that is still happening today. It's the idea that what we are about is this good news. And this simple explanation of the good news, there's a lot of people who have summarized it. I like this one. Uh, I think I probably got it from Tim Keller. Um, Somebody reminded me of that in the first service. I forgot where I even heard it. But here's the summary of the good news. You want to know what the good news is? Here's the good news. Um, You are way worse than you ever imagined. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? That kind of threw you off. Yeah, you are a wretched, black-hearted sinner. You are way worse than you ever, like you don't need a little help. Um, You're way past that in terms of your standing in the universe. And you are way more loved than you ever dared hope. At the same time, at the same time, by your creator, you have the love of the one that matters. And it is not because you have earned it or cleaned up your act. It is because he loves you. It is by grace. That's the good, that is some good news. (laughs) And that is the gospel at its most basic level. That's what changes things. In in verse 6, it said, um, I'm sorry, I I went backwards. It's been bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. This little group of, of nobodies in the Middle East changed the entire planet, and here we are. Because of what? Because they were powerful and smart? And no, because of the gospel. That's where the power was. And, And the gospel changes lives one life at a time. Now we can go to the next one. It says, you learned it, these people in, uh, in Colossae, you learned it from Epaphras. There's the guy. Who's that? Exactly. <laughs> He's nobody. <laughs> he really is just a guy who had his life changed by the gospel. And then he apparently, we hear about him three times, once more in the book of Colossians and once in the book of Philemon. He apparently was a a Greek. He was from the Colossae region. And somehow he had his life changed by the gospel and he went back and told people. (laughs) He told them his story. And he's the the beginning of this this church that's in uh, this region. But he's, he's not any different than you and I. He's just somebody who had his life changed. By the, and that's the way the gospel does it. 
one single life at a time. It's very personal. It's never private, but it's always personal. When the gospel changes a life, it does it one at a time. And then starting in verse 9, you get to hear the heart of a pastor. And I don't know if we do a great job of this all the time, expressing uh, our heart, uh, Kevin and me and Kevin and Jono, the pastors of this church, for you. Um, And and I want to try to do that. I won't do it as eloquently as the Apostle Paul did, (laughs) but I get his heart. Because I, uh, I love this church. And, and that simply means I love the people who have been changed by Jesus, who gathered together to try to help each other on this journey. That's what it is. It, it, at the most basic level, a church is just a bunch of people who have had their lives changed by Jesus, who are trying to change a few more lives. That, 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 that's who we are. And I love, love, love that about what I get to do and about how I get to lead. And as the Apostle Paul prayed, we pray for you. We all do. Our whole staff and leadership team prays for you. We don't pray about you, right? You know what that's like. It's, oh, Lord, you know, please help him because he's a messed up, no good son of a gun. You know, that's not... We don't pray about you. We pray for you. And just like the Apostle Paul did here. It's one long run-on sentence, his prayer. But, but let me summarize it for you because it's a repeat. He, he prays twice, I want you to know God. I want you to know your creator. The word know there is the word for intimacy. I want you to be intimate with your heavenly father. That's what I want for you so badly. So that... And it repeats twice, your life will go differently so that you will bear fruit, it says, so that you will have, listen to this list, strength, endurance, patience, and joy. Anybody use any of those? <laughs> yeah. And, and I want that for you so badly. I, I, and I know where to get it. Not from me, <laughs> but from the gospel. From, I want you to know your creator in an intimate way, and it will change your life. And many of you are on that journey. And and so this is the grand vision of God, (laughs) that one name would change one life, yours, yeah, and mine. And and, and in fact, that's what we're still doing on the planet, (laughs) There's really no other reason for us to be here than to continue to tell our story of how God has changed us. That's why you're still taking up space on the planet. (laughs) Because you have a story to tell of how the creator of the universe has changed your individual life. And it's it's the greatest purpose that you could be a part of. Um, You're alive to change another life. Not you, but God using your story to change another life. Because this is the heart of a pastor. I get so excited about this. Um, What happens when you tell your story? Well, a couple of things. One, you glorify God. Because we're bragging about not what we've done, but what he's done, right? 
It glorifies God. Second, it reminds us that God has done some amazing things in our lives. Anybody but me need reminding of that? I can tend to forget. I can get like, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. It helps me to stop and go, oh my word, God has done some amazing things in my life. It glorifies God. It reminds us. And third, it can change someone's life. You, you don't know the power of a story when it gets released. It's like the ripple effect. <laughs> like you have no idea. Your story in the hands of God could make an enormous difference, and you might not even ever know about it. Maybe you get to celebrate it. I don't, sometimes we do. But that's what that gets me so excited for you. I want you, that is the church. You experiencing that. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Uh, um, I, I'm going to show you it. And so to do that, I want you to meet some people. Um, and so uh, Kevin, Michelle, would you guys come up here? Give them a hand as they come up. Kevin and Michelle. And they got another crew coming. I'll let them yeah, look at this. This is awesome. We're going to need extra space on this. I'm moving over. So, uh, yeah, you can stand in front of the TV. It's all right. It's all good. Um, so uh, I just want to give you guys a picture of what Reed just described, the ripple effect of life change. And uh, we have so many great pictures of this in our church. All kinds of people could talk about the way their story, their lives have impacted in another story and another life. And then that ripple effect continues. But I want to give you a picture. One of my favorite pictures is Michelle and some of the folks that she's discipled over the years. If you guys don't know Michelle, she is the care coordinator as a volunteer here at the Westminster campus. She does an unbelievable job. And uh, she does. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, a lot of times, we're going to do baptisms next week. A lot of times, I'll say that, uh, Michelle, you always have like a crew of people that are going to get baptized. And they always say like, well, Michelle told me about Jesus, and I'm here at the church now because she started talking about this guy named Jesus, and my life changed, and uh, heaven is going to be a little more crowded because of Michelle. I have to say that for sure. So, uh, Michelle, tell us how it started for you, though. How did your life get impacted? Because that was the first step. So a man named Bill Brown actually led me to freedom through Jesus Christ. Um, Then I was led to this church, and Nancy Howard, I had known her since before she was Nancy Howard, kind of grabbed a hold of me, and a a beautiful woman named Kim Kyle. And because of those two women, I stuck and stayed here. And read a little bit, too. Tell me and, what you, and said, I got what into, you said whenever you were thinking about coming. What did you say? You said you, weren't, you didn't think you wanted to come to the oh, church. Oh, yeah. I, ca- I came the first time kind of on a dare with myself to prove to myself that I didn't want to go to one of these big, loud hand-raising churches. <laughs> but then I ended up staying. So Here anyway, you are. Yes. Joke's on you. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yes. yes. And I got into women's ministry, and um, I just started talking. Kim introduced me to a lot of younger women in the community because I'm not exactly young or young physically at heart. Yes. yes. Um, and one of the first people that I, whoops, I'm hugging the, hugging the TV. <laughs> one of the first people I met was Shannon here and Shannon was at a low point. She was really uh, struggling and looking, seeking God. And so we would meet and talk. And one day she had an encounter with Jesus and changed her life. And lots of people noticed that. And she... 
Yeah, and she ended up getting baptized, and then she went out, and she invited Kelly to church, and she invited us. And Kelly got baptized, and she invited AJ, and she invited little Shannon. And in the meantime, you know, Kim was inviting people, and I was inviting people, and we got Connie and Karen and all these, you know, all these people. And then Jess um, joined, kind of joined our little group, and she's getting baptized next week. Woo! (laughs) Amazing. So I just think this is a beautiful picture. One person shares their story, shares the gospel shares the life change that happens with Jesus Christ and that mm-hmm. and your life was changed and then you changed Absolutely. Shannon's life and I've had the privilege of getting to know her and Matt I uh, got, got a chance to perform their wedding ceremony. That was amazing. And now mm-hmm. Kelly, and so there's this ripple effect, one life after another. Yeah. And you would think that if you share your life change story with one person, it might stop there. Okay, I changed one life. No, I mean, if you change one person's life, that person can change another life, can change another life. And God can do amazing things. So, yeah, thanks, Reed. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. So can... Can you understand why I get so excited about what uh, I want for you? Because you have the ability to change lives. You do. That's the church. And now I know when I say you have the ability to change lives, all you have to do is tell your story. About 20% of you are like, sweet, I'll do it. And that leaves... About 80% of you, my math's not great, but about 80% of you are thinking, I'm not talking to you right now. (laughs) For the next five minutes, I'm talking to you because I get it. I understand why you might be thinking, he's not talking to me. He's talking to this other group of people. I'm not, I'm talking to you. And, And you probably think that I'm not talking to you because of a couple of reasons. Um, one, you would think, you're not talking to me. I don't have a story. <laughs> uh, that's great and all, but but I don't I don't really have a story. Um, hold that thought. You do have a story, and it's yours to tell. You're the only one that can tell it because it belongs to you. It's personal to you. Um, don't um, don't downplay the power of what God has done in your life. You do have a story. You might be thinking I'm not talking to you because you don't usually do the thing, right? I stand up here often and I say, hey, do the thing. And you're not one that usually does the thing. And so you're like, this is the same thing. I'm not going to do the thing. Why don't you start? (laughs) Why don't you start with this one? Because no one else can do this one if you don't do it. You can just tell your story. You can. And you can do the thing. Well, you think, well, okay, I'm, uh, I might not, I don't know where to start. Okay, hold that. Hold that thought. I'm going to help you with that. Second group of people, you did know that I was talking to you when I said I want you to tell your story, but you think no one wants to hear my story. <laughs> it's not all that interesting. <laughs> um, it, it won't matter. Nonsense. You have no idea what God can do if you just release your story, this is the picture of most of the Christian life. It's just going like this. Here you go. <laughs> I, I don't have much, but if you can use God what I have, here you go. And that's a scary thing sometimes. I'm asking you to do that with your story because you do have a story that God can use. 
you think, well, I'm new. I don't know enough. You're not new anymore. Get over it. (laughs) You are a follower of Jesus. And maybe some of you are still checking that out. You're in the perfect place. You're going to start hearing people's stories about how it looked for them. And you're going to find that you're not all that different than them. You imagine people are way different than you, and they're not. We're all kind of like the same. And so when you tell your story, it will you're not new. You know enough. It's your story. <laughs> if someone disagrees with you, all you have to do is go, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this is what happened to me. And do with it what you will. Um, another reason that you might opt out at this point in the, uh, in the progression is because you have a preconceived notion about what it looks like to tell your story in church. Because you're like, I, I've seen people do this, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, and I get it, because most of the time in church world, when we ask you to tell your story, they're asking you to tell the time that you met Jesus for the first time which is a super important story. We're going to do baptisms next week. And as people are getting ready to come up and and be baptized, we're going to read their story about when they met Jesus. Super important um, story to tell. You should tell it whenever God gives you an opportunity to do so. But for some of you, it happened when you were seven or 37, and neither of them are in this century, those those events, right? Come on. Uh, And so I believe... God is still changing us. And so I want you to be able to tell a story of how God has changed your life in the last decade or so, (laughs) because I guarantee you he has. We're going to help you to do that. And you might think again, well, I don't know how to start. I got you. I got you covered because we've had a team working for about six months on a tool to give you, to help you to tell your story. And here it is. Tell my story dot one. Get it? Dot one. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing when the communications people were like, yeah, we can do that. Tell my story dot one. We have created a tool for you online to make it super easy to just be able to tell your story. And as you go there, I'm only asking you to take one step. One step in the one journey, just go to the story center and watch Tony's story. It's on the front page. It's the only thing on the front page. All you can do is watch it. There's nothing else you can do. And then if you're willing to take another step, press the button and you will be on your way. I'm asking you, I'm challenging you as your pastor, go try it. Take one step in the one journey. If you will, I'm going to make some promises for you. The first promise is you won't be the first one and you're not alone. We have had people over the last month or so already doing this, giving us feedback. So you won't be alone and you won't be first. You can go and do this and join a group of people um, who have already gone and started this journey. Second, you can choose to do it your way. We, we have uh, identified about five different ways that you could tell your story um, from a long written version to a TikTok video. 
I knew that was going to get laughter. Um, and no kidding. Um, there's been some people who have decided to use it. They, they, don't, they didn't put it on TikTok, but it's a wonderful two-minute video capture tool that we can use as the kingdom builders, something that the culture created to tell our story. It's amazing. We want everybody from 15 to 105 to tell their story. So we want it to be in your voice. You don't have to be weird or too Jesus-y. You can just tell... Is that actually even a word? I don't know if that's a word. Um, you can do it in, in your way. Um, so you're not alone. You don't have to go first. That's a promise. Uh, you can do it in a style that matches you. That's a promise. Third, your story belongs to you. That's a promise. That when you go through this and tell your story, it doesn't go anywhere until you tell it to. <laughs> it, you, it won't be shared with anybody until you decide to share it. It belongs to you. And even if God doesn't prompt you to share it right away, there's great benefits. Do you remember them? It glorifies him. It reminds you. If, 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 God, if you don't share it right away, that's okay. We want you to still go and tell your story. It has such great benefit. If you choose to share it with Crossroads, we're going to highlight some of them throughout the next month or so as we head towards Easter and beyond. And we're going to collect them. If you say, I would love for you to share my story. Here it is. If somebody can use it, praise God. We're going to collect them so that everyone here could watch all the stories if you want. And you might say, oh my gosh, I just heard Ross's story. And I know someone at work who needs to hear that story. And you can share it with them. That's the church. It's not this. It's that. That's the church. And so you won't have to go first. You're not alone. Um, we'll let you do it your way. Doesn't have to be anybody else's way. Um, y- your story is yours. Doesn't belong to anybody else. You decide where it goes and when it goes. And then lastly, when you do it, we are going to celebrate like nobody's business. <laughs> when, when you get to the end of this process, there's a little button that says, I am one more. <laughs> and you, it just means I did the thing. <laughs> I just, I did it. And we want to, what you celebrate gets repeated. So we want to celebrate that. And I think we came up with a fun way to do that. And and maybe it's a little unique. And it's a cowbell. That's, that's, some of you are like, uh, there was a cow in the lobby when I came in. Yes, you're putting things together. So whenever anybody says, I'm one more, I got to the end, we're going to ring some cowbells. So next week here, we're going to be ringing some bells because many of you are going to go start this process. Some of you are going to finish it. And when you do, we're going to celebrate like crazy. And then we're going, this is just for fun. We're going to um, ask if you want to, um, that you go and you take a selfie video of yourself Ringing a cowbell, we'll have cowbells um, that you could take and borrow if you want, preferably in front of a cow, and say, I am one more. And it's sort of like the ice bucket challenge. We're going to go out there, we're going to ring some bells in front of some cows, and we're going to say, I, Jesus changed my life. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> why are we going to do that? Because we're crossroads. That's why we're going to do that. It's fun. And so, yeah. I'm out of time. 
at a time. When, when you hear the term, I just need more cowbell, I want you to think somebody needs to tell their story. Somebody needs to tell their story. All right. Um, we're going to invite the band to come back up and, and we're going to proclaim this truth in this last song. Um, I am one more. And I build, I'm choosing to build my life on to Jesus. And, and so um, before we do that, um, I'm going to pray. And at the end of the prayer, stay seated just for a second. Uh, I want to show you something. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks for all that you've done. Um, you are the one name that has changed this one life. And I pray that you're not done changing me. And I, as I have opportunity, Lord, I pray you would use my story. Um, that you would take the grace that you've given me and put it on display for somebody else to see. Um, if, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And so, God, we pray that you would use our stories to extend your kingdom. We pray it in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. This message was a part of the ministry of Crossroads Community Church. To support Crossroads and make more messages like this available, you can click Give Now in the description below. And to find out more information on all of Crossroads Ministries, go to crossroads140.com. If you enjoyed the message today, don't forget to follow us or subscribe to our channel. And we hope to see you again soon.